the network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is EdTech, episode 16, recorded Wednesday, May 22nd, 2013. Scott goes both ways. This is EdTech, the education-focused podcast put on to you by the fine folks at AV Nation. I say fine folks because I know all of them, and they're very nice people. Uh, my name is Tim Albright, and I'm your host with us, as always, from the great northeast, where there's still 10 feet of snow. His name is Scott Tyner. He <laughs> works at Bates College, and he lives in the great Maine. How are you, sir? I'm doing fantastic and enjoying the wonderful spring up here. Is it spring still? It is, yeah. Another month. Not in St. Louis, it ain't. All right, (laughs) straight down the East Coast, Uh, we'll hit uh, we'll hit his his uh, his time uh, his time zone buddy. How about that? Uh, His name is Matthew Silverman. Uh, He knows every standard known to man, at least when it comes to Infocom uh, and AV, and he works at George Mason University. Welcome, sir. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And far across the flyover country, strapped to his surfboard. Hanging out at UCLA, go Bears. His name is Greg Brown. How are you, sir? Go Bruins, just fine, thank you. Where I was driving up the coast the other day, and it hit a hundred and one. Wow. Did you you realize that Bruin is just a fancy schmancy word for bear, right? Right, but we ha- I've explained this to you before. We had to be the Bruins because the Bears were already chosen in our football division. Oh, okay. I could just see Greg going up the highway, convertible <laughs> down, hair blowing in the wind. He's the cliffs of California, he you has know. Hair? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I do. It's you know one of the one of the yeah it's, yes. <laughs> A wood paneled. Uh, what are they one of the few the things I still got going for me. All right, uh, this month we're going to talk about the full AV. Head of hair. A full head of hair. Uh, the AVIQ program, uh, whether or not uh, AMX and Crestron are letting uh, some of the guys in on uh, on their business. Uh, also talking about the uh, Avenue Alliance and AVB, maybe getting to a little bit of AVB versus HD base T. Uh, and also a, a positive story about Extron um, for once from us. <laughs> but first... Um, <laughs> Wait, what was that? I missed it. It would, Hang on. We're off to an auspicious yes. start. <laughs> It's a called a tease. It's a radio oh. thing. Because I saw all the articles, and I didn't see any good stories. All about. right. Oh. From AV this, this Net- is the point in the show where the Extron listener picks up the, the phone to the legal department, right? No, that's a couple more minutes. Give, oh, me, give okay. me two stories, then they pick up the phone. Um, th- this is when they start recording, though. <laughs> uh, it's just where they call our bosses, right? We, we have bosses? Uh, from AV Network, avnetwork.com, uh, DPI unveils the free lamp replacement program. DPI is Digital Projection, in case you didn't know what that is, Dig- Digital Projection International, actually. actually. And the, the graphic that goes with this, and we'll, we'll put a link to, the, uh, to the, the article on our, on our website, uh, it says, Free yourself, lamp freedom, free yourself from projector lamp cost with DP's lamp freedom program. 
Mr. But it looks like they're holding a spoon. It's it's an illuminated spoon though. <laughs> that spoon is giving off light. It probably has about twenty lumens coming off that spoon. Uh, okay, <laughs> that was a bad engineering joke. Uh, Greg, since you chimed in first, does this? Uh, oh, thanks. Does, <laughs> hey, I gotta pick it somehow. Does this make you want to run out and replace all of your brand X projectors, whatever it is that that UCLA has, um, and replace them with with DPIs? Uh, no, and I, I like DPI and they have some nice projectors at a really nice guy who's the local rep out here, but, um, th it, it, from May 1st, 2013, no, wait a second. It's the, it's, we can get a replacement lamp between, I was trying to figure this out. Well, it's very confusing. That's the problem, Greg. Well, there is in, that. In each, it's in each of years two and three. So if you happen to hit the end of life on your lamp during years two and three, you get a replacement lamp. I'm just almost willing to bet money that we would hit the end of life on lamp on, on year one or four. <laughs> well, and that's the other thing. Why not one? I mean, if it if the sucker dies in the first year, I yeah, it's it's overly confusing. I I would have said what would would have been a lot more user friendly was your first replacement lamp is on us. Yeah. Yes. Well, but I think that the problem with that, Greg, is that that's not what they're what they're telling you. Because <laughs> I I was the same oh, way. Really? I, I I read this thing many many times, and it's like <laughs> if you. If you use it according to what we think you will use it, you'll use a thousand to fifteen hundred hours a year, and we'll replace your lamp in the in the second year. I, I, it just I don't know. I don't know if they give you one lamp. They give you one lamp in the second and the third year. And you know when you're talking, of, how much do these lamps cost? Because somehow this is going to save you ten thousand dollars over the. Well, and just, also look at that 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 time. If we're talking a. Uh, a three thousand hour lamp, you know, we're clearly talking about like a like a xenon lamp, which is not a whole lot of hours and a huge replacement cost, which which is what a lot of the big projectors use, admittedly. But yeah, I you know, I'm I'm not the brightest bulb in the marquee, but this is I didn't quite follow what they were promising here. Well, I, I think the most important date in here is the June thirtieth, which tells me they're trying to clear inventory before the end of the quarter. Mm. Ah, good point. So I mean, it, it's a nice promotion. I mean, if you're a digital projection user and you need to buy some or need to replace some, you know, it's everyone. Every manufacturer runs promotions like this every once in a while. Um, I think. It's a clever attempt at marketing going after some of the people who are now advocating uh, bulbless projectors. Yep. Because it says, hey, we can compete with those who have a bulbless projector. But at the end of the day, I think they give you, if, I, if I'm how I read it, you can order one free projector, uh, one free projector, one free lamp in year two and year three. And that's what you get. So. And specifically what Matt's talking about is you have to purchase the projector between May 1st of this year, which obviously was almost a month ago now, and the end of, of June, which I don't know about you guys, right. but our fiscal starts July 1, so they're not exactly targeting Ed here. Well, and, and we're talking about $20,000 projectors. Oh, that's a small thing. <laughs> uh, or more. Or yeah, more. or some more. Of their, some yeah. of those are 
I, I don't know that line off the top of my head, but yeah, some of those, I mean, th these are the guys that are competing with uh, the great big Panasonics and the great big uh, Christie's. Barco's and... Oh, yeah, Barco. Yeah. I still like Barco. I mean... I had a bad experience with Barco. It's a tank for crying out loud. You could probably... you David Letterman could drop that off of his building and I'll bet you it'd still work. Maybe not. All right, moving on. Uh, Infocom is rejiggering their CTS exam. Uh, show of hands, Mr. Uh, Tyner, do you have a CTS? I do. Mr. Silverman, do you have a CT CTS? Yes, I do. Uh, Mr. Brown, do you have a CTS? Yes, I do. I do as well. So, uh, interesting question that actually came up uh, last week on, on AV Week, and, and I wanted to bring it to you guys because uh, I actually knew the answer to that question. Um, should we be required to take the exam again then if they are doing the doing the revisions? Uh, Matt, we'll kick it off with you. Should we be required to to take the exam again to make sure that we're all on the same CTS page? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I, I think the intent of continuing ed is to you know that we do have a continuing ed requirement is so that we do keep up and we stay on the same page as the industry evolves. Um, I think. If there ever was a point where people should have had it been recertified, is it when it went from being a non-ANSI uh, accredited certification program to an ANSI accredited, and it went to the CBT method rather than the online method? Um, I think at some point there may need to be some. I, I don't know. It, the 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 uh, yeah. I know I'm going back and forth on this. The industry evolves so fast; it's really hard to say. Um, but I'd say right now, probably if people keep up with their continuing ad, um, I think they're okay. Okay. Uh, Scott, Matt makes a good point. Maybe we should have had people retake the test because I'm one of the ones that, that got to take it while it was online. Um, that was, that should have been the point that we had people, uh, retake the exam. Maybe not, maybe not when they're doing these revisions. Yeah. Now are we, we're recording this, right? So I've got to say what I, what I. <laughs> oh. I, know, I can't. I can't really say what I believe, because, which is because I took mine online too, and I do not want to take it again. I don't either. Uh, but no, I agree completely with Matt. This that's when it should have happened. But other than that, there, there's continuing ed. I think that maybe Infocom needs to look at what they offer continuing ed credits for, because you know the whole point of these changing exams um, have a lot to do with network configuration and, and RF issues and network setups. And so they really need to give uh, a lot of opportunities for continuing it in those areas. Um, but I don't, yeah, it's like anything else, right? I mean, you don't, you know, a, a doctor, a lawyer, a teacher, they all need continuing ed. They don't have to go and, you know, take an exam over again as long as they've kept up with their continuing education. Well, some of them should. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, Greg, do you think that um, that we should have to take this over again, or, or are we good with the continuing ed? Like, uh, I, I am positive that the idea of taking the exam over again did not come from somebody with a CTSD. Um, um, I, I agree with you guys that, yeah, that's the intent of the, the, the continuing education, although... I wouldn't be surprised if somewhere down the road there isn't a little bit of a a revisit. I think one of you said something along those lines of how how the recurring or how the how that is handled and, and just making sure that it is, you know, sufficient and detailed enough and and on more topical 
current sort of stuff to to make sure people are staying current but you know generally by the time you're getting the certification and you're doing the work to to keep it you know you're 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 most people are generally staying up on stuff pretty good that at least that's my impression you know you don't jump through all these hoops unless you're kind of got the intent there to begin with yeah and the one thing that both uh I talked with Betsy uh, Jaffe from Infocom as well as, as Duffy Wilbert, the the VP of um, Betsy's the in charge of communications and Duffy's in charge of member services. Uh, I mean, the comment that they had to change and, and rejigger some things because it's ANSI, right? It's ANSI approved now. They can't train to the test, so they can't teach the test. Um, you know, much like you know some people w- will do. Um, and so they had to take certain things out, like the marketing and, and stuff like that, and put more uh, purchasing and, and uh, cost analysis stuff in. So, um, well, and I think they all needed an update. I mean, I, I I don't think I'm giving away any great secret here, but I I took the uh, I took the CTSI exam about a year ago, and there was a question on there about vector scopes. So. Um, and, and, you know, S- S- Scott and Matt can look that one up, but, um, oh, very that, nice. that's, <laughs> vector scopes are very important. Um, if, yes, if you're, if you're the electronics curator at the Smithsonian, oh, yes, I think, <laughs> you know what? No, I, I, I still I, have a switcher that has a built in vector scope. Thank you. Wow. And when was the last time you used it? Okay, moving on. Uh, I, I, <laughs> I, I think Greg has a pretty legitimate point he here does. that it, it's, and I, I, even I stumble remember, into one occasionally. Yeah, is that we as an industry <laughs> have a hard time letting go of things when they become obsolete, and I, I think one of the challenges that a lot of people have with even these credentials is they were not keeping up with the change of pace in technology. One of the other important things to look at is there's the big update this July, but moving forward, Infocom has already announced, I believe they're going to be updating the test twice a year. Oh, so wow. it's, it's, they're trying to get to a more consistent update cycle so it can stay topical. You know, I was thinking as we were talking about this one more thing about um, the renewal side. You know, it's pretty typical after you get a certification, it's yours to keep as long as you get the continuing ed. Similarly with my, uh, I have a PMP certification, and there's actually been two updates to the PMBOK, the uh, Project Management Body of Knowledge, since I got my certification, but I haven't had to recertify since I've kept my continuing ed. Perhaps, as was mentioned, what Infocom or, you know, some of the education partners need to provide is kind of a update, um, you know, training class, which is actually directed at you know, updating your CTS skills to what has been added, you know, to the hmm. uh, to the new tests, and maybe give us some RUs for that. Yeah, no, that'd be cool. Hey, now there's a great Super Tuesday for next year. Yeah, a, a Super Tuesday for people who got their CTS more than ten years ago. <laughs> no, no, seriously, that's not that. That really is a good idea. No, I yeah, I'm not joking. Yeah, yeah. I, I think there's you know, like I mean, I know you know, Greg was saying about it. I agree completely. When I got mine, I probably seven years ago. I don't know how long ago they switched, but I took it online as well. And there were some things even then. I was like, Are you serious? You're still asking these questions? Well, it, it wasn't. I mean, maybe I was being simplistic. Maybe I no. I, I, I shouldn't be. I shouldn't talk down to anybody who didn't pass it. But I was like, some of them were very very elementary. 
to me. Uh, and maybe it's because of the length of time I had been in the industry and what have you, and maybe it was the the, the prep course that I had taken online too. But I thought the online was, and I, I, I am still recording this, Scott, I thought it was relatively easy <laughs> to get the CTS, you know, again, seven, eight years ago. So I, I agree, and I think that that's – an Infocom, I would think, might agree, and that's why they've mm-hmm. gone through the whole ANSI standards and have changed the test and done so appropriately. And, and frankly, is why I don't want to take it again. Amen, brother. I took the D and failed it, dude. <laughs> I, I missed it by like 20 points, which really irked me, but, you know. I looked at the D and decided I wasn't going to just even attempt it. It was an, and I did mine. What was it? Two years, two years ago, actually. Um, my, my buddy Harry Mead and I took it at the same time. Uh, he has his, and I do not. Uh, just, <laughs> let me just put it to you that way. All right. Um, from Rave Publications, uh, they, Rave Pub- they, they let yes. you have the formulas now. Well, the that's people. what I've heard, and I should go. I should go back and take it. They um, give you a sheet of formulas. Now they give you some extra formulas, apparently. Oh jeez! They, you know, they don't. They don't give you just the ones you need, but they do give you a list of formulas. Yeah, see, maybe I'll take it next year, but it won't be this year. Uh, from Rave Pubs, RavePubs.com, Extron releases Global Viewer Enterprise 2.0, and everybody with GVE says, "Yay!" Uh, this is the positive story uh, about about uh, Extron. Uh, Glad you it, clarified that. You know what? I, I do I do like GVE. I, I do like Global Viewer. Um, to me, it is a little bit easier to configure, uh, as you say configure, not program, uh, than Room View, which is um, uh, oh, Crestron's, Crestron's uh, asset management software. And I've never messed with AMX or anybody else's. I only, I only have these two to, to go off of. Uh, but the one thing that about 2.0 uh, that is huge for people who are in the Extron uh, ecosystem is the fact that they support all freaking browsers now. Um, mm. For years, it was nothing but Internet Explorer. And good God, we're technologists. We stopped using Internet Explorer in 97. So <laughs> I was going to say, I've never used it. <laughs> um, there was a point in time in between Netscape and Mozilla that you almost kind of had to, you know, uh, or Opera. You, used, you know, you could use Opera. Um, but, Scott, is this something that they kind of had to do to keep up with, seriously, with, with the modern technology? Uh, to be honest with you, I, I know nothing about GV. The only thing I found interesting in the article, and I'm not even sure – what the what the role of it is, but that they mentioned that there's an IGVE for download on the Apple App Store, which is something that I think that um, if if it's a if it's a piece of software for global viewer that runs on your iPad is huge, mm-hmm. and it's something I would really like uh, the other um, the other providers to do. Uh, Matt, are they are they keeping pace with uh, with the other two with AMX and Crestron's uh, asset management? Actually, uh, Tim, I absolutely agree with you. I think this is probably one of the best asset management platforms on the market. And I wish uh, I wish Crestron actually would take some hints from them because they seem to have, for this one, talk to their users and understand how users manage in an enterprise. Where Crestron, I don't think, always gets that with RoomView. Um, I, there's a lot of things which I've had our programmers copy that uh, GVE does natively, that RoomView takes a lot of coaxing to make it do. So uh, little things like, you know, what source is selected Mm -hmm. or what projectors in a room. And I think those are really valuable tools that shows they understand 
how an enterprise help desk works. And I, I just think that this is actually one of Extron's solidest products, in my opinion. And there's one thing that uh, all, the, all the, go ahead, Scott. I was going to say the only problem with Global Viewer is you need to use Extron products. There oh. you go. <laughs> Uh, the one thing I that would was, say that was Scott Tyner at Gates <laughs> College. Uh, what, what was your email address? There, my, Scott? my buddy Mike Mora will still call me and we'll still talk. I, I he's my rep. He's, he's my rep. I got a new rep and I can't remember his name. So, and I will tell I, you, I've, I I buy a, a few products from Extron every year, and um, about ninety five percent from Crestron. And I've heard um, from my Extron rep. Much more regularly than my Crestron rep. So wow, I have not heard from anyone at Crestron for over a year, actually. And you live right down the street. Yeah. That's now weird. I do have this blue helicopter that follows me <laughs> around. The one thing I will say about Extron, and I'm not trying to change the subject, but I am. Um, the one thing they do really, really well, and I'm not saying anybody does this horribly, but even my first experience with Extron. Holy cow, do they ask a lot of questions. And to, to Matt's point specifically, they mine the information that you all and, and I have in my mm -hmm. head, which is our experience, and how to make that better and easier. Um, all kidding aside, all craziness with, with the upper echelons aside and leaving Infocom and all that jazz, I, that's one thing they do really, really well. And I, I wish that some of the other manufacturers, and I'm not pointing fingers, I mean, all of them could do this better. Would be listen to your to your end users and see exactly what their day in and day out lives are like. I, I agree a hundred percent. It's one of the complaints yeah. I've had about other companies is, you know, you tell them, oh, I'd like to have you do this. Well, you don't want to do that. Do this. Yeah, exactly. Like, no, no, no. I do want to do this. But no, why, you don't. Why would it's you like, want to do that? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Right. Like. Well, they, I think they're probably trained because I've gotten that. Why would you want to do that? Uh, what's it matter? But you know, extra. Like I said, Mike calls me. He listens to me, and I'll tell you, I, I joke around a little bit, but I am very seriously thinking about using that IN1608 um, this summer as a replacement for some DM equipment. Wow. It, it is nice a nice product. product. I, I saw one yesterday for the first time. Yeah, it is a nice product. I'm, I'm thinking about ordering a couple. I've got some, some old uh, MA, I think MA207s that are at their end of life, and I'm thinking about buying the, the 1608 just to, you know, just to see. Because like I said, the 1508 was, was a freaking tank. I mean, it was yep. just rock solid. I'd like to see the mm -hmm. 1608 in action. So, all right, uh, Greg, do you have anything about the the global viewer? Do you, do you guys I use will... asset management software? Uh, we actually use the older. Ver well, we rolled version? out the older version of Enterprise, and to be honest, it never really got any use because it never did the things that we needed it to do. We're yeah. we're doing what we need to do in. Um, in good old global viewer, just going to the web pages. Okay. Um, so I'll reserve comment on this. I need to. We need to take a closer look at it and see what uh, what exactly they've they've upgraded. I'm I'm cautiously optimistic. I think the I think the four um, the four browsers. He says, looking at his his um, explorer screen. No. Uh, yeah, um, come on, come on! Don't embarrass yourself. Hey, I, 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 is is that know? a UCLA thing? Like you have to use IE? <laughs> I didn't know they still made IE. Oh, oh wow! 
I, I, I am the self-described Luddite of the group. Remember that? <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> so uh, I, I think the four browsers is huge. You, you know, I would have liked to have seen that a couple of years ago, but um, yeah. it's it's a big it's a big welcome change. All right, i.e., good lord. Uh, from AV, by the way, you're listening to EdTech. Thank you so much for doing so. Uh, and hello, Andrew Edwards. Um, <laughs> that gentleman there is uh, is uh, Greg Brown from UCLA. Also with us is Scott Tyner from Bates College and Matthew Silverman from George Mason. I'm Tim Albright from avnetwork.com. The Avenue Alliance kicks off AVB education. Yay! Uh, if you don't know what AVB, it's audio video bridging. Uh, and a number of companies, mostly audio companies, uh, have gotten into and, and are part of the Avenue Alliance. And we have a couple different stories, guys. And, and so basically what I wanted to do is, is kind of like talk about AVB for a second. Both the Avenue Alliance and a couple other, some companies have joined them, which I find interesting um, because one of them is LG, i.e. a video company. Um, a couple of years ago, they, they came out and they are, well, they're they're a sort of competitor to HD Base T, and this is why I'll say a sort of competitor. Both of them are over UTP, right? Both of them are over some sort of, of twisted pair. The thing about AVB, though, is they say you can do it over an actual network through actual switches, right? Um, that's what they say. That's what they say. And the audio apparently works stunningly well. Uh, my biggest issue with the AVB consortium, the Avenue Alliance, and, and AVB in general has always been... There's no V. There's no video in Bingo. the you know in in the AVB, and now they've got LG. So, um, Scott, we'll kick this off with you. When it comes to putting stuff on the network, or, or just you know any sort of HD video over longer distances, um, do you come down on one side or the other? Or are you still kind of letting these guys uh, uh, fight or it, it out? Or does it go both ways? Yeah. <laughs> I um, Scott goes both ways. All right, uh, moving yes. on. Yes. Title of the show. Yep, there's, there's the title. Um, okay. What were, there was a question here, right? There was. Um, I, 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 you know, I'm the guy who always says, you know, give me a wired connection over a wireless connection. And I truthfully, I don't have um, much of a, of a reason here at base that we'd want to put audio or video over the network as it stands right now. I can see, you know, in, a, in our maybe our dining hall. Um, so we went out to run all that wire. Um, I, I think it's the future. I think that whether we like it or not, eventually it's how, how we're going to do it, right? Our our processor sitting in the corner of the room is going to just be connected to our Ethernet network. And so is our projector. And that's how they're going to communicate. Um, but we know it's, it's funny because I was laughing when you said the audio works stunningly well. And I'm thinking – so what that means is it is it works, and that <laughs> yes. surprises us. So we say it works stunningly well. <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> that's it. No, honestly, that's a very good point because some of these products they don't work particularly well, or there's drop offs and this that and the other. So, uh, Mr. Silverman, when it comes to this, is there a, do you come down on one side or the other? Mm, I think it's an evolutionary process. I think HD base T. Again, that's a uh, Valorange chipset, which is driving that. It's not a open standard. It's kind of the technology for today. Um, it's here. It works. Everyone has implemented their own flavor of it, uh, from you know Crestron to AMX to Extron to Aurora to Geffen to I don't even know who else. And you now can buy some projectors and I think even some displays now that have a built-in HD-based T port. So 
that'll get you there today. But I really do believe that AVB is where things will go in the future. It's an IEEE standard. It's actually a series of IEEE standards. And the video piece, I believe, emerged at ISE this year and that there actually were some demonstrations at their booth. So I assume we will see some AVB video uh, at the show uh, uh, you know, in a month. And I think seeing LG come into the group, they're starting to think about where does this fit in their plan. And I really think we're probably still three to five years away from mainstream AVB. But I do think it is something which could be there and could be the way we're going again in another generation or so of products. Is there is there time or, or, or how will how do you think HD base T will be able to kind of compete then once A V B once how is there a way or how, how will H D base T, I'm sorry, uh, compete once A V B hits hits the big time? Well the, the, there's different applications. It all depends how you design your architecture. HD base T is a point to point connection. Um, it does that tremendously well. Uh, if you, you know, if you're in 300 foot range, or you know, I think it's yeah, I think th- that's what it covers. It's a great technology, and I think on a price point, it will beat out everything else there is out there. However, if you start rethinking what your AV architecture looks like, and you start talking about things like maybe I want a distributed system, so I can have uh, classroom one. Broadcast what it's showing as in an overflow to classroom two, or maybe I want the ability to just dump whatever classrooms capture content to a central recording solution. AVB starts becoming an interesting solution because you actually can think about designing both either a building-wide audiovisual system or even a campus-wide audiovisual system. So it really allows you to take an architecture to the next logical step, which is a scalable network. Okay. Uh, Mr. Brown, out there in California, IA, do you come down on one side or the other, AVB mm. or uh, or HD base T? I I agree that AVB is a is a work in progress. Um, I think once we we do start seeing the V, I'm sure we'll come up with all sorts of crazy, uh, amazing things to do with it. Um, once it's up and running, and yeah, I, I think the two will probably work side by side for for many years. I don't see us, you know, putting uh, data ports absolutely everywhere for everything. Uh, at least not, you know, not for a few years. So um, I, I think they'll both have their place. And and yeah, the the addition of LG, I I hope we start seeing some other companies like that joining in because. It, it, when you when you read who's behind it, it's like a who's who of the audio world, which mm-hmm. I I think explains why it's largely been you know, A B instead of A V B. Uh, but but L G is a great addition, and I hope we see some more because it really it does need more work on the video side. Yeah. Well, and actually, I'll say all credit to Barco, who's actually been a member I think since day one, because I remember hearing them talk about the video side about two or three years ago now at Infocom when I first started uh, following this. And I think the big concern with video is just the networks didn't have the bandwidth yet to support it. Right. And I think we're now seeing the network advancement to the point where it can now support the video. Some of them. <laughs> Some of them. Yeah. Because, I mean, when, when you get into 1080p and, and 1080p uh, quote-unquote deep color and 
and 4K, then... Oh, I, I think in this, I think this was actually at Infocom 2011 that they were saying they need either 40 gig or 100 gig networks to support video with AVB. Yeah. So it, and, it's yes. And it's, at that time, that was 1080. You know, that wasn't yeah. you know anything higher than that. So, uh, well, okay. So let, let's kind of morph this into another conversation about uh, endpoints, right? So AMX and 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 uh, Crestron Matt already mentioned, and Aurora and some others that make their living on switchers and 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 uh, it's kind of weird saying that Crestron makes their living on switchers in this day and age but that they 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 do you know um everything from a a 1x6 or 6x1 dm to what is it now 64x64 i saw in a magazine yep. the other day yep. um and they've got the the blades coming out was it 128x128 128 um mm-hmm. it's fiber only but it's it's still you know it's it's there um You've so you, this is based on the HD base T standard, I and mean, like Matt said, it's not an open standard; it's a closed standard. And so, you've got a switcher here that will take an HD base T signal. Think about this for a second. What would stop me, if anything, um, from buying a third party's transmitter and receiver and saving, you know, ten, twenty percent, maybe even fifty percent off of my endpoint my transmitters and receivers and just using um you know saving my big ticket item for that big middle middle piece um is there anything that says that we can't do that um when we are uh using the hd base t system maybe maybe okay (laughs) um it depends how much support the switcher manufacturer has enabled for vanilla hd base t okay Pretty much each manufacturer has their own flavor. Um, And I've seen, I think, Crestron, I know, that that was one of their big announcements about a a year ago now, Mm -hmm. was what they they were supporting, vanilla HD-based T, and they hadn't been up until that point. There's a new firmware. Um, yeah, they they all of their all of their equipment boxes come with an HD base T sticker on them now. Well, it was it was about yep. about this time. It was about Infocom this time it was last about year. Infocom it last was, year. It was yeah. a big deal. But if you take a look, this was actually the Panasonic projector that has built an HD base T. Uh, you actually have to go into the menu and tell it whose flavor of HD base T it's going to take in. Uh, there's a one for Amex, Xtron, and Crestron, and I think if it's vanilla, it'll just work. But um, I remember we actually demoed the Panasonic HD Base T projector and Panasonic's endpoint uh, coming in through a, uh, a DMPS 300. And actually, I'll give it credit, it actually all worked together. So we were only used a Crestron midpoint, but both endpoints were from another company. Wow. Very cool, uh, and I think one of the things that it, Matt mentioned the 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 uh, Panasonic endpoint that thing right there with with the built in HD base T and one would assume eventually AVB would also would have this especially with Barco and LG on on the Avenue Alliance um, that right there is going to save guys like us a um, thousand to two thousand to three thousand dollars a room um, even if the 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 display itself projector or flat panel. Maybe is is a little bit more money. I think it'd be worth it, uh, not to have to support that that extra little piece. So, uh, all right. Um, from the world of commercial integrator AVIQ. Um, if you don't know what AVIQ is, it's a it's a it's a service from Infocom. 
Um, and it's it's basically it's a bunch of products, and you go in there and you can say what you want and what you're looking for. You're looking for an HD base T transmitter <laughs> to put on your on your DM system. Um, they are overhauling this, and uh, they're doing a couple of things. They're, they're consolidating things, and according to the article by uh, by my buddy Craig McCormick, uh, simplifying their their communications about the products and and projects. Greg, is this something that they kind of needed to do? Is it was it time for an overhaul? Oh God, I I thought the old AVIQ was just inane. Um, I I could never find anything on it in a in a any sort of expeditious way. So, yeah, I I applaud the change. I haven't um, I haven't played around with the new site at all. There's actually um, a great uh, webinar that they've done over on the. Uh, Infocom website talking about this, um, and it seems to me I saw an announcement of it upcoming again. I'm not sure whether this is a a repeat um, or a recording of the original one, uh, where they describe what they've done and how it works, and um, people call or you know can can ask questions and stuff like that. But uh, anyone interested may want to look for that over on the Infocom site. I'm sure there will be a recorded version, if nothing else. My The only question that I had listening to all of it is that you you get access to this and you get different levels of access depending on what your what your job is. You know, you, you don't necessarily get to go down and look at like the pricing information and stuff like that unless your your position warrants it and so on. I'm curious to see exactly where they draw those lines, you know, particularly for those of us who, you know, design and build our own systems, but, you know, pretty much nobody in the industry recognizes that. I recognize it, Greg, and I love you for it. I recognize you too, Greg. Oh, uh, <laughs> We're here to validate you, Greg. <laughs> the, the, one, the one time of the month I get it. <laughs> Mr. Silverman. Yeah, um, I think they can only go up. Okay. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I use it on occasion, and frankly, I use it when my Google scales fail me. Uh, usually, I'm trying to find some little widget where I know exactly what I want, and I just don't know who makes it. But it, it's it's just not user friendly, uh, and and I'll tell you, you know. Uh, they just need to make the search algorithms better or something because it, it's next to impossible to find what you're looking for. Well, and Scott, to to that point, they're actually offering a an hour-long class at, uh, at Infocom this year, getting the most out of AVIQ, uh, put on by Mr., uh, I think it's Fuchs, uh, John Fuchs. Um, Phew, I'm glad you said that because I was going to try and say his name and I just wasn't going to go for it. I appreciate it. You spell it F-U-C-H-S. So for those of you playing at home, if I got it right, yay, go me. Um, so Go ahead. I, you know, I think that um, Mr. Fuchs at the very end of the article says that um, he knows that the database can only be truly successful if manufacturers and system integrators want to use it. And I think particularly manufacturers, and you know, the, what's the concept here is that they take all products and kind of put them on a level playing field so you can equally compare stuff. How many manufacturers really want that to happen, right? They want to skew you towards their product. So I don't I, – personally, I don't see uh, a big driving force for a manufacturer to want to get their stuff on here. 
Um, so to me, I, I, don't, I, I think it's great for, you know, like, like Greg said, those of us little guys over here who are trying to design something and need to find just that right piece. But I'm not sure that, um, you know, our reps want us to call them and they'll, they'll give us just the right piece. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, if they don't provide this information, I, a few of us mentioning it to our, our local contacts said, oh, yeah, you know, I, I was looking for this and I, you know, we found the competitor's prog- you know, part here on AVIQ. You guys really need to, you know, get your stuff on there. You know, a few comments like that, and I think they would start to reconsider their stance. That, that that's a, probably a valid point, uh, especially when you talk to guys like the independent reps who rep several different people. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Exactly. All right, uh, I'm going to throw a curveball to you guys as as we roll right uh, as we roll out of here. Uh, we're going to go around the horn, and uh, even though uh, some of us may not be going to Orlando this year, I still want to hear. Maybe one or two things that you're looking forward to coming out of Infocom uh, 2013, which is coming up here in the second week of June. Last year, uh, just to remind you guys, it was the year of, eh, eh, no big deal. It was uh, the year of incremental change uh, coming out of Vegas last year in Infocom 20, uh, 2012. Uh, so, Mr. Silverman, we'll start with you. What are you looking forward to coming out of, of Infocom 2013? Um, I'd like to see HD-based T on a lot more displays uh, or projectors. I'd like, I, I know that's starting to roll out, but I'd, I'd love to see a lot more options that mean that I don't need to have a separate receiver box and I can just go right into a display or a projector. Very good. I, I agree with that. Uh, Mr. Brown, what are you looking forward to? I'm I'm not sure whether I'm expecting any real whiz bang sort of things. I I think it's going to be I think it's going to be another incremental year. I think everybody is still running a little gun shy with the way the economy has been. If anything, I think we'll probably see some uh, some bigger and brighter uh, um, lampless projectors, laser projectors. Um, you know. Nothing peeling the paint off the walls yet, but you know that should uh, there should there should be some stuff there. I don't I don't know what else to expect. Okay, uh, Mr. Tyner, you won't be joining us, but what are you expecting out of Orlando this year? Well, uh, as you said, unfortunately, I won't be able to attend. I I don't know what I what I am expecting, but I know what I would watch for if I was there, and I'll watch for in the news. Um, is we are seeing at, at Bates just a, an incredible increase in the amount of um, class capture that we want to see for for uh, purposes that are not your typical. We're going to sell this online um, and uh, in class web based video conferencing, and so I would be looking at you know USB equipment, uh, USB 2.0 equipment for cameras or microphones, um, class capture options. Those are some of the things that I, I think that we're seeing really kind of explode in the small liberal arts um, colleges that I would be looking at. And I actually agree with uh, all three of you, and I'll throw in some more because I'm looking at, uh, as an education guy, I'm looking at the class capture, looking at brighter uh, projectors, and I'm really looking forward to seeing more HD base T endpoints, uh, not necessarily uh, uh, start, you know, transmitters, but really looking forward to more displays with built in, with baked in HD base T. But also, I'm looking more for uh, some of the, 
as much as I come down on AVB, I, I really am, am looking for them to come out of their shell and, and give me some some real good video options. So I'm 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 cautiously optimistic. How about that? So. Uh, all right, gentlemen, that's going to do us. Uh, if you haven't signed up for a certain, if you have some time, how about that, and uh, and some extra, uh, extra uh, spending money or uh, education money, uh, please go by the Infocom Show website. Sign up for a couple of classes. Both Mr. Brown and Mr. Uh, Mr. Silverman will be teaching a plethora of uh, of education resources for you. Uh, there's also one that has uh, the three uh, three of us uh, on on Tuesday. It's a Super Tuesday event. Uh, somehow I'm listed as the main speaker. I'm not sure how, <laughs> but it's there. So, uh, but if you just search for Silverman or, or or Greg Brown, you'll you'll find them. I'm I'm just doing plethora 101. Matt's doing 201, 301, 401, 401. and then 501, which is the doctorate level plethora. <laughs> Something like that, yes. Um, but yeah, go by the infocom show, infocomshow.org uh, and and sign up for some of those classes. So, um, I hear next next year they're going to be calling it the Matt Silverman Show. <laughs> Matt, Matt, and his buddy Mike Check are going to be doing <laughs> Matt, Matt Silverman live from Vegas. Oh my! All right. Uh, on that note, uh, gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, with us has been uh, has been uh, Scott Tyner from Bates College, also a blogger at Rave Pubs, RavePubs.com. How can people find you, sir? I try to stay active on Twitter at S Tyner S T I N E R. He tries, so I, I try. I get I, some days. I'm I'm uh, I get a little more out than others. Follow him, and he won't spam you. Is what he's saying. Sure. Um, Mr. Silverman, Matt Silverman from uh, George Mason University. Thank you, sir. How can people find you? Uh, LinkedIn primarily at this point, and I guess at the show. At the show. Uh, and last but not least is Mr. Greg Brown from UCLA. Uh, how can people find you, sir? With, with my now 500 contacts, LinkedIn seems to be uh, seems to be my home away from home. I checked it the other day. I have I have 94. 500 contacts. I know. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I don't know how that I don't know how that happens, but uh, man, and, and went to a went to a out shaking one... hands and kissing babies. <laughs> do you have a lot of do you, do you have a lot of family or something? Or? <laughs> I, I only have two family connections on there. Right. What's sad is my dad's the one who told me about LinkedIn 10 years ago. So I, st I still think of it as my dad's social network business thing. So. <laughs> my dad's social network. <laughs> I, I do. He's, he's the one. He, have, you heard, have you heard of this LinkedIn thing? And I can nope. probably see that they, that they would probably go with that model. LinkedIn, your dad's that's social, social network. Well, Tim Tim drives an drives an Oldsmobile too. Uh, anyhow, on that note, it would be funny if I did. So, uh, my name is Tim. Um, go by the website if you would please. Uh, Avnation.tv. Avnation.tv. Check us out. We'll be at uh, we'll be at Infocom taping a couple shows. Um, also, uh, you can find us on on LinkedIn actually, <laughs> um, Facebook, Twitter, uh, and the Google Pluses. So, Avnation.tv. Thanks so much for listening. This has been EdTech.